this morning I'm not preaching, I'm going to teach this morning. And uh, I believe that this teaching, because every last Sunday of the month is our uh, healing and deliverance service. We're going to go back to that tradition again. Healing and deliverance service. So today we're going to read Nahum chapter 1 verse 9. Nahum chapter 1 verse 9. And it says, What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an altar end. Affliction shall not rise up the second time. Amen. Tell somebody, affliction shall not rise up the second time. If your neighbor is not excited, change your neighbor. Go to him and say, affliction shall not rise up the second time. Now, I want you to personalize what you're saying. Say, that trouble that you've suffered will not come back the second time. It, it is not coming back the second time. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise for what you're about to do in our lives. We give you praise for the burdens that are about to be lifted, the yokes that will be broken, and the emancipation that we're about to receive in our souls. Oh God, take your place this morning. Anoint these lips of clay that I may transmit your word. Because your word cannot come and go back void. Because it has a purpose to be accomplished. Therefore, Lord, speak from your throne. Let our hearts be changed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on what I titled Destroying Evil Family Patterns. Destroying Evil Family Patterns. I've said before that when something happens once, it's an accident. If it happens twice, it's coincidence. If it happens a third time, the devil is behind it. Let me say, if something happens once, it's an accident. If it happens twice, it's coincidence. But if it happens the third time, the devil is behind it. According to the text we read, the Lord says affliction will not rise up the second time. So according to God's standard, you should not suffer something two times. It is only once you're permitted to suffer something. If it comes twice, God is not involved. Because sometimes we suffer things consistently. We say God is in control. God is not in control of repeated affliction. It says, affliction shall not rise up the second time. You don't need to be a prophet or a prophetess to dictate evil patterns. If you understand this, you'll be quick to see that this is the handwork of the devil. Any stubborn reoccurring problem, issue, is mostly likely sponsored by a demon. Any reoccurring trouble is mostly likely sponsored by a demon. Now let me give you an example. We, know, we all know the president, uh, JFK, or John F. Kennedy, of the United States. His family had an evil pattern. Let me say this to you. In 1944, going backward to a span, going forward to a span of 50 years, this family experienced five plane crashes. In 1944, Joseph P. Kennedy dies in a plane crash. He was piloting in Europe, and then the plane crashed. In 1948, Kathleen Kennedy dies in a plane crash in France. In 1955, Ethel Kennedy, who is the parent's wife of Robert F. Kennedy, 
parents died in a plane crash. In 1964, Ted Kennedy survived a plane crash in Southampton, Massachusetts. And in 1999, JFK Jr. dies in a plane crash. What is that? Evil family patterns. One family cannot experience five plane crash in 50 years. It means, if your name is Kennedy, don't fly. <laughs> Just take your public transport by bus because you are mostly likely to die in a plane crash. Evil family patterns. Now, I don't know the pattern that is running your family today, but I came by the anointing of the Holy Ghost to declare that that pattern is coming to an end today. Amen. I said that pattern is coming to an end today. Amen. Let your amen thunder in the building. Amen. Listen to me. The devil doesn't change patterns. If you know how the devil operates, he doesn't change formulas. You know, when the devil tempted Adam in the garden, the Bible says all that is in the world is the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. If the devil is ever going to tempt you, it's going to be in these, three, in these three ways. The Bible says when the devil came into the garden in the form of a serpent, he gave Eve the fruit. And the Bible says when Eve saw that the fruit was desirable, that's what? Loss of the eyes. And it was good for food, loss of the flesh. And it was profitable to make one wise, the pride of life. Then in the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ, he said, turn these stones into bread. Turn this bread, these stones into bread. What is that? Loss of the flesh. Then he says, if you worship me, I will give you this kingdom. What is that? What is that? If you worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Loss of the eyes. Then he says, if you are God, jump from this, <laughs> this cliff. The pride of life. Let me show that I'm God. So Satan never changes his formulas. He's the same. The temptations will always be the same. If you know him, when Elijah was alive, a certain woman called Jezebel tried to kill Elijah. When John the Baptist came back in the spirit of Elijah, Jezebel resurfaced in the name of a woman called Herodias. And this time killed John the Baptist. Satan doesn't change. If you understand his patterns, you always see him at work. And I pray that your eyes will be opened this morning to see the patterns of the devil in your family. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Now to understand that evil patterns are biblical, we're going to study one family in the Bible. The Abrahamic family. There were three or four major patterns in this family that we're going to consider this morning. Number one, they had desire for specific women. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 11, it says, It came to pass when, his, when he was come near to enter Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. A fair woman. That was Abraham. Then he came to Isaac in Genesis 26. This is what Isaac said to Sarah. In Genesis 26, he says, And the men of the place asked Isaac of his wife. And he said, She is my sister. 
for he feared to say she is my wife, lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah because she was fair to look upon. Then, this is about Jacob now, in Genesis 29, verse 17. The Bible says, Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful. The word that is used for beautiful is the Hebrew word yofe, which simply means fair. So in this, in this family, if you're a man in this family, it doesn't matter how educated you are, how you look physically, what you are in the society. If you are not fair, they don't marry you. It was a pattern. So the reason why Jacob worked for extra seven years was because the woman that was given to him was not a woman of their pattern. The one that he was inclined to was the one that looked like the mother and the grandmother. Leah was not fair. So Jacob said, now, nah, I'm going to work for another seven years to get a fair lady. Because if I work for seven years for a woman and have to work for another seven, I'll say, no, let me just, let me manage this one. <laughs> but Jacob said, no. If the woman is not fair, I'll work another seven, maybe another seven to get who I really want. There are some men like Jacob. It doesn't matter what you have, who you have. You may be loving and caring and kind like Mother Teresa. You may be so thoughtful like Abigail in the Bible. They won't marry if you're not fair. Because you are not a woman of their pattern. Number two, the wife of this family were barren. Barrenness. Sarah was barren. In Genesis 11.30, it said, but Sarah was barren. She had no child. That's Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Rebecca, the wife of Isaac. Abraham's son was barren. In Genesis 25, 21, it says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord entreated, was entreated of him. Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Let me digress and say something before I continue. The issue of childlessness is not a woman's problem alone. Can I say that again? The issue of not having a child is not the woman's problem alone. In this text, we see Isaac praying on behalf of the wife. But in our context, when a woman is not able to have a child, it's the wife that is fasting, going from prophet to prophet, and the man is somewhere drinking beer. Because in our culture, if you cannot give birth to a child, it's the woman's problem. And let me say it again. The gender of a child is not dictated by the woman. The man determines the gender of the child. So sometimes in the African family, they say, if you cannot give us a male child, you leave my brother's house. It is your brother that has a problem. <laughs> African, can you hear me this morning? We don't have a male child, leave my brother's house. Your brother is the one producing female children, not, your, not, his, not his wife. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number three, Leah, the wife that Jacob got married to, and Rachel were barren. Genesis 29, 31 says, And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her home, but Rachel was barren. Meaning that before Leah started conceiving, she was barren. God opened her home, and Rachel was barren. There are families where women struggle with conception, with barrenness. Grandmother struggled to conceive. Mother struggled to conceive. 
and daughters are now facing the same complication. It is a pattern. And until that pattern is detected, they will continue to suffer that pattern. But there is a day coming, yes. and that day may be today, yes. when that pattern comes to an end. Yes. I say that pattern comes to an end. Yes. Have you checked your family to see that maybe the difficulties in your family is a pattern, an evil pattern that needs to be broken? Yes. Number three, the firstborns of this family did not make it. The firstborns of this family didn't make it. Number one, Ishmael, the firstborn of Abraham, did not make it. In Genesis 25, 22 and 23, it says, And the children, no, not before then. In Genesis 17, 18 to 19, it says, And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son in thee, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. So even though Ishmael was the first son, he didn't receive the inheritance. Isaac did. The firstborns didn't make it. Now, when it comes to Jacob's, Isaac's children, Esau didn't make it. It was Jacob that made it. In Genesis 25, 22 and 23, it says, And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy home. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And one people shall be stronger than the other. And listen to this. And the elder shall serve the younger. The elder shall serve the younger. So you see, Esau did not sell his birthright because he was stupid. There was a pattern in that family that firstborns did not make it. Then you come to the children of Jacob. Reuben was the first son. But guess who made it? Joseph. In Genesis 37 verse 3, the Bible said, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. In this culture, the coat of many colors was not just a designer coat. It was a symbol of your successor. When you gave a child a coat of that color, it was an announcement that if I die, this is my next of kin. So in the presence of all his children, Jacob actually gave Joseph, the youngest child, the coat of many colors. This is why his brothers hated him. And then plus that, read your Bible, Joseph had a big mouth. <laughs> he told his father about everything their brothers did. Yes. You know, as shepherds, maybe they go to a field and they see merchants passing. They say, let us sell two sheep and have some allowance. Joseph straight to the father. They hated him. Then they watched when he started saying, I have a dream. They said, we'll kill this boy. <laughs> this boy. But then his father gave him a coat of many colors. Now, Joseph took the inheritance. Now, Joseph's children... Joseph had Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh did not make it. It was Ephraim that made it. In Genesis 48, verse 12 to 14, it says, Joseph brought them in front, out front between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand. And brought them near to him. 
And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger. And his left hand upon Manasseh's head, upon Manasseh's, guiding his hands wittingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn. Now what happened is that Joseph understood the tradition. If you are blessing, the right hand goes on the eldest son. And the left hand on the youngest son. Jacob crossed his hands like this. And blessed Ephraim in the place of Manasseh. It was a pattern in the family. Firstborns did not make it. Firstborns did not make it. And let me say this because this is very personal to me. I have seen many families where their firstborns don't make it. Maybe in your family you have that trouble. Look at the firstborns of your family. And see how they struggle. See their difficulties. They don't make it. This morning that pattern shall be broken. I said that pattern shall be broken. Amen. I have seen this in many years as a pastor. Firstborns struggle in many families. Maybe you are not a firstborn, but you see your firstborn struggling. And you see your father's firstborn struggling. It is a pattern in your family. If it is not broken, they will continue to struggle. But listen to me. A day comes when you say enough is enough. Something has to change. Something has to be done. That pattern must be broken. In the name of Jesus. Let me give some common examples of patterns. There are families with sickness patterns. Grandfather had diabetes. Father had diabetes. And now son has symptoms of diabetes. And they say it's in our family. And that is why doctors know. They'll make you feel an in-history report. Is there any someone in your family with high blood? It's a pattern. They can easily say if your grandfather had it and your father had it, then you have the probability of getting it because it's a pattern. But let me tell you, our DNA in Jesus Christ does not inherit sickness from our ancestors. Amen. Can I say that again? Yes. The DNA I have in Jesus Christ is sickness-free. Yes. I will not suffer what my father suffered. Yes. I will not suffer what my mother suffered. Yes. It ends in their generation. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Grandmother died of breast cancer. Mother of breast cancer and her son and the daughter they say you have a lump in your breast. It's a pattern. Stop trying to find chemotherapy. Cast that thing to die. That pattern comes to an end. In the name of Jesus. Grandmother divorced. Mother divorced and all daughters are divorcing. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. Grandfather died at 55. Father at 55. And her son is approaching 50 and you have all kinds of medical stories they are telling you. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. Grandfather was accused and went to prison. Father accused went to prison. Our son is having all kinds of court issues. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. But it's a day where that pattern comes to an end. A pastor was praying for a sister who has serious menstrual cramps. And when the sister went to the mother to complain, the mother said, don't worry. My mother had the same cramps. And my mom told me that her own mother had the same cramps. So in this family, cramps are normal. It's a pattern. So don't worry about it because it's normal. I suffered, your grandmother suffered, so be ready to suffer. <laughs> but there is a generation that says enough is enough. I will not suffer what my parents suffer. Yeah. Their difficulties was for them. Yeah. I'm in Christ. Amen. Seated with him are both principalities and powers. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I want you to do something this morning. Prophesy to someone and say, that pattern is coming to an end. Be intentional. 
So that pattern is coming to an end. Now listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to put your trunk like this towards that person. I said, that pattern in your family is coming to an end. Be serious about it. Be serious about it. That pattern in your family is coming to an end. It's coming to an end. I said, it's coming to an end. Now hold the hand of someone. Say, you are delivered from that pattern. Hold the hand. Say, you are delivered from that pattern. You are delivered from that pattern. In the name of Jesus. There are three things you must understand if you're going to end evil patterns. Number one, evil patterns are sponsored by demons. Evil patterns are sponsored by demons. Your grandfather had high blood, your father had high blood, and now you have high blood symptoms, you're drinking all kinds of medicine. It doesn't work. You are seeing all types of therapies, drinking aloe vera mixed with cucumber. It doesn't help. It's a demonic pattern. We overcome demonic patterns not by medication, but by the anointing. Yes. The Bible says, it shall come to pass in that day that this body shall depart and this yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. Amen. Patterns are destroyed by the anointing, not by medication, not by specialists. They are destroyed by the anointing. So once you see an evil pattern in your family, take a day of fast mm. and tell the devil, you've reigned in this family for too long, but today, I bring your oppression to an end Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. I bring your oppression to an end. Amen. Patterns are sponsored by the devil. And no families, like I said, that they have difficulties, difficulties with conception. And they are flying from place to place. Going to India, they've drunk all kinds of leaves, they've done everything, and nothing changes because they, the demon is just looking at you guys like, keep drinking, <laughs> I'm here. Keep swallowing medication. Do all what you need to do. Do IUI in vitro, I vitro, ex vitro. Nothing works because the demon is responsible. But the day you find out the devil behind that pattern and say, Enough is enough. Get out of my family. Things will change. Things will change. Number two, the demon operating in, in that pattern, the demon. Sponsoring that pattern or enforcing that pattern is sponsored by an altar. An altar is a meeting place between God and man or between the devil and man. If you read the book of Kings, the Bible said there was a time where the children of Israel had a war with Moab. And when the king of Moab saw that the Israelites prevailed against him, he took his first son that should sit on the throne and sacrifice him on the altar. And the Bible says he prevailed against Israel in the battle. Even though he was fighting God's people, he made a sacrifice on the altar. And that sacrifice brought victory for him against God's people. Because what speaks in the spirit realm is altars. Altars speaks in the spirit realm. Sometimes the battles you are fighting are things your grandfather did. Your grandmother went to certain places and did things and now you are suffering the consequences. Until you know that altar and destroy it, that pattern remains in place. Because the demon has a legal point of entry into that family. Something was done to authorize that demon. And until that entry point is blocked, he continues to operate. But today, every loophole that was opened in your family, 
to give the devil access to open your family. That door is closed in the name of Jesus. I said that door is closed in the name of Jesus. Now Jesus paid a price for your deliverance. But you must do something to bring that deliverance to your family. You must do something to bring that deliverance to your family. So identify the pattern and destroy it. Know the demon that is behind the pattern. Know the altar behind the pattern. And then number three, until you are vexed. Like the King James said that there was a woman whose daughter was vexed by a demonic spirit. Until you are angry in your spirit, you can't change the pattern. Now listen to this. In Genesis 27, when Jacob took the blessing of Esau, and Esau came and said, Father, bless me too. And he said, I already bless your brother. You shall be his servant. But in Genesis chapter 27 verse 40 says, You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke off thy neck. In other words, he shall remain your boss as long as you are comfortable. The day you grow restless, you are going to break the yoke of oppression from, from your neck. So if you are comfortable, you say, oh, this, this high blood is our thing. My father had high blood. My grandfather had... It will remain. It will remain. My grandmother was a single mom. My mom was a single mom. So if I have kids without marriage, it's okay. It's in our family. It will remain. But when you become restless, you say, not under my watch. Enough is enough. That is when the patterns are broken. Hallelujah. That is when the patterns are broken. If you are not offended by the pattern, nothing is going to change. You have to be offended by what is happening in your family. Offended by the things you see. That is when things actually change in your family. I want to believe that this morning God is setting somebody free. God is breaking the yoke of patterns in your family. God is bringing you out of that demonic pattern. In the name of Jesus. I believe God brought you here this morning because he wants to end that pattern in your family. Amen. I don't know the pattern, but God is bringing it to an end. Amen. I said God is bringing that pattern to an end. Amen. I have seen cases where, they, like I said, grandmother is single mom. Mother is single mom. Now the daughters are getting pregnant without being married. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. And until it is broken, nothing is going to change. You can speak in tongues. The devil is like, speak in tongues. I have a right to be here. <laughs> Nothing is going to change. But this morning, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that pattern is coming to an end. Amen. That pattern is coming to an end. Amen. If you believe that God is setting you free today from every pattern, stand up on your feet and begin to give him praise. Begin to give him glory. Begin to thank God in advance because those patterns are coming to an end. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe, begin to give him glory. 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 